What's up, everyone? This is Andre, and I'm here with Michael, and on today's episode of Radical Normal, we'll be talking about 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. All right, man. This is an interesting scenario. It's the longest chapter of the entire book, and it's lunchtime, so kind of unfortunate. That's kind of L's, especially considering how many interests yet. So really, I'm in a tough situation here. I was planning on working out, having some protein, <laughs> you know, like a little, a little protein shake, and then, you know, making some chicken. But it's, it's really throwing a wrench in, in the plans, but, you know, it's okay because the Lord will provide. He will. We're, this is our better form of suffering as in comparison to the suffering we read about in this chapter. And I have some goldfish next to me, but I know Michael will be very upset if I start chewing on those again. So <laughs> I will. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut that out. But we also have some very uh, unfortunate news for all of you listeners today. Um, and I'll let Michael tell you guys what that unfortunate news is because it it pertains to him. Okay, I'm gonna put it in two words, as short as I can, and I'll pass it back to Andre. I'm retiring. He's, that means he's retiring from the podcast. So now you guys are going to be stuck with just listening to me every week. And we'll see how that goes. But, Michael, why don't you tell everyone the reason for your retirement? Early retirement, I might add. It is an early retirement. It is an early retirement. However, the profits from the podcast have been so high to my bank account that I have been able to retire at the low age of a, a mere 21. And for the more real reason of this parody to say that Lord willing, cause we're recording this beforehand, but when this episode releases, <laughs> I will be engaged. And so I will be retiring as Andre puts it a family man. Yeah. You won't have enough time for me. And that means you won't have enough time for the podcast. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, what can you do? You gotta get to let, you gotta let them fly away out of the nest and, <laughs> You know, that's, that's, what, that's what we do here at Radical Normal. We, uh, we uh, build up men to uh, go and, and get engaged <laughs> and, and have families. So, yeah, you guys you guys can uh, be rest assured that that's what we're doing here. Um, and like Michael said, there's no guarantee that, that uh, the lady says yes. And so we, we, can, we here at Radical Normal can, uh, can hold on to that for, for a few more days. But... Uh, the reason we can't uh, assume she's going to say yes is because, uh, you know, the Bible doesn't say that good things are going to happen to us. That would be, uh, um, some would say prosperity gospel preaching. And today we're going to be talking about uh, what I like to call anti-prosperity gospel. Um, so that will be my cheesy transition since Michael gave one last week. It's my Let's go. cheesy transition for this week. And uh, we'll be jumping into Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, if, if that's good with you. That is great. And so what's great about this is that as we're looking at the chapter, last week we made a lot of allusions forward to chapter 11 and said, oh, this is a theme in chapter 10, but there's really a lot of verses on boasting or whatever other theme we would talk about in chapter 11. But now in chapter 11, we can say we're continuing themes and continuing ideas from last week, which is typically what we do in these chapters. Anyways, so looking at chapter 11... Remember, we've just heard in chapter 10 about this false form of boastfulness of these quote-unquote super apostles and how they are uh, twisting and how that's usurping or affecting the the uh, strength of Paul's authority in Corinth. And so as we get into chapter 11, 
he asks us, he says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me. And this is in light of the fact that now Paul is going to, as he will even say later in the chapter, unwisely engage in the foolishness of, uh, he'll engage in the foolishness of these people that are causing problems in Corinth, and he himself is going to boast in a more worldly fashion so that he can, again, as we've talked, as I mentioned last week, it's because the apostolic authority is at stake and therefore the apostolic gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is at stake. And so he's going to boast, but we're going to see that there's a lot of weakness in that boasting. It's actually revealing the gospel as we get further and further into the boasting towards the end of the chapter. So that is the beginning yeah, of this. Not, and Go. It's not until verse 16, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. We will get to that... Uh, soon enough but uh <laughs> wait but last week last week i skipped six verses i can't skip 16 this time what's the difference no, no that's that's a little too much like you said this is the longest longest chapter and there's some good stuff before we get there so uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get through that first so don't you guys worry we're not gonna we're not gonna skip around that much for you guys today uh so let's get back to um verse one that was a good a good really good overview there um by mike um Thanks. And yes, he so he so he <laughs> says so he says, please put up with with uh, my foolishness, um, but that's not going to come yet. Uh, first, he's going to get go, he's going to circle back a little bit, or I guess first make a few uh, last uh, claims here, kind of falling back to uh, the previous chapters where he's going to defend himself on on certain things, um, and and kind of add some some uh, good points of, of teaching here. So, uh, do you want to jump into that, Michael? Yes, but before we get into these good points of teaching, I really like this imagery in verse uh, 2 where he talks about a divine jealousy. And this is great because if you haven't listened to all of the episodes, you can go back to season 1 at the very beginning and hear a short 15-minute episode on the jealousy of God and how there's a righteous jealousy and an unrighteous jealousy, just as we talked about Nehemiah. And with Jesus, there is a righteous anger and an unrighteous anger. And so this divine jealousy is about the proper affection that's due to Paul and the proper affection that's due to God. He wants them to be to give the affection that's properly due to Jesus. And he betrothed him. So remember, think we're already we've already been talking on this podcast two weeks in a row about engagement. And we get this theme of engagement, betrothal to Jesus, to this one husband, and he wants to present them as a pure bride. And so he thinks as himself as this spiritual father of the church. And this betrothal in Jewish culture was like the first step towards marriage. And so uh, this idea that they're betrothed and not married yet points us forward that like even he thinks that when Christ comes again, Paul will in a sense as their spiritual, spiritual father be presenting them as the bride to Jesus, in which case they will be married to Jesus. I know it's weird imagery, but then we can fast forward. I know Andre hates that I skip verses, but here I'm skipping books to Revelation 19, the marriage supper of the lamb. So it's looking forward to the day when they're married and not just betrothed. And so here we get this imagery of a spiritual father and this true divine marriage. And so uh, sorry for the the long spiel on one verse, but I decided to go for that after Andre ridiculed me for skipping over verses. Oh, and you want to skip all the way to Revelation? Well, Paul wants to uh, look back all the way to Genesis because he he makes a, a call here to, to Eve where he says, just as Eve was deceived, um, he believes that if they're not careful, they too will be deceived by the things of, of this world um, by not having the tools necessary for this um, 
spiritual warfare that we've seen uh, that we saw in, in, in chapter 10. And, um, you know, when I said there was some, some extra, uh, you know, good teachings here before this foolishness that, um, Paul kind of alludes to here, uh, where he's going to boast and kind of play into these games. Michael said that before we got into those good teachings, we wanted to talk about this engagement here, but I think that this was one of those, uh, <laughs> good teachings that, that Paul is trying to make and where he says, um, that he wants to see them have, as he says in verse uh, three, a sincere and pure devotion to Christ um, as, you know, they await for, um, you know, for, for uh, Christ uh, to return, which is, um, you know, something that we know is, is on the hearts and minds of, of believers uh, during this time and um, evident in many of the questions that, you know, Paul gets asked in other letters. Um, but we, you know, we see here that, that Paul says he does not want them to be led astray um, by these uh, false apostles. Uh, he does not want them to, uh, you know, lead lead them away from uh, where their true devotions should be and, uh, you know, how he wants them to, to remain pure um, and remain devoted to Christ. Uh, and, and I think that that's, that's a really, really, uh, like, awesome picture uh, that, that Paul's painting here. You're going backwards. I'm going to go forwards again. So if we go to verse three, we have this pure devotion to Jesus. And in chapter 13, I'm pretty sure he's going to say to examine themselves in the faith. And this is a way that they can. Like, do we have a pure and sincere devotion to Jesus or do we not? This is a way that they can examine that. Are we led astray? Like, are the things that we're following, these teachings, whether the false teachings of the super apostles or the true teachings of the apostle Paul, are we being led into a sincere devotion to Jesus? Like we need to examine like if we're in the faith or not and if we're walking that way. So that's kind of looking forward. But it's interesting how like in verses four, in verse four, very long verse, but we get uh, this teaching about how people are proclaiming a different Jesus. People are proclaiming a, their reception with a different spirit accepting a different gospel. And so some people talk all the time about like, I don't want theology. I just want Jesus. Or like, I don't need to think about theology. I just need to think about Jesus. But Paul t clearly is teaching against that. Like he doesn't want false teachings. And like, if you're going to say that, like then the question to ask back is like, well, which Jesus are we talking about? Clearly there's a false Jesus that can be taught. And so we need good doctrine and good instruction to lead us into the truth of who God is. That's what theology is. It just means words about God. And so Paul's concerned about false teaching and he wants true things to be taught. And that's why it's important that we care about our theology. Like Andre referenced back to our Theology 101 episode uh, just in, the, in a recent episode, but everybody's a theologian. The question is if we're going to be a good one or not. That's really good. And then the last thing that really stuck out to me is, is at the end here where he says that they put up with it easily enough. Um, and he's really saying that um, they've fallen short in this spiritual warfare that they did not, um, as we talked about last week, uh, take those thoughts um, captive. Um, and that when someone presented to them a, a different, uh, potentially, it, it seems to me like a fancier, a more, uh, you know, you know, you could say, uh, um, just, it seems more exciting, um, gospel, Jesus spirit, uh, different and, uh, you know, talking down on Paul's ministry and, and all those things. And he's saying that, you know, you were willing to, um, accept that easily enough. Uh, you didn't, you didn't really have the, 
um, the spiritual fortitude to 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 take those uh, thoughts captive and and to uh, make sure that you are remaining uh, pure to your your one true devotion, uh, which should be to Christ. Yeah, and he uses when he's when he's talking about like the devotion to Jesus, he uses that term in verse five, super apostles, and so it's kind of ironic, it's kind of sarcastic, but it's like. They think that their apostles are doing great things for the Lord. And so I'm going to throw this label on them. And they're trying to like win your allegiance with this false gospel. And we know from later verses in the chapter that they definitely care about their Jewish heritage. Paul's going to talk about his Jewish heritage. And we know that they care about rhetorical skill because Paul talks about his skill in speech or his lack thereof. Verse six, even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge because in ancient Roman culture, in the culture that would have been present in the city of Corinth, um, leaders and philosophers were thought to have been uh, good in knowledge and in the ability to speak. And Paul says, I have the most important thing. I have true knowledge of God through the true person and the work of Jesus Christ. And so that's his true knowledge. And he's trying to make it plain to them. Like Paul, and we shouldn't today, but he doesn't want like fancy language that tries to like convince people to come to Jesus because of like how good he can make his argument sound. How good the argument is, is based upon the gospel. And so that's what Paul's getting at here. And then now he's kind of going to get into, you could call it a defense, but then also um, Paul himself is saying how, you know, he he doesn't want to uh, get into this game of, of, you know, comparison and what he calls, you know, foolishness in, in, uh, you know, these, this questioning and, and, and kind of the things that a little bit we're going to see ramp up and, and, and it is a defense, but it's also um, kind of getting into this, these ideas of boasting and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, the first thing we see that we've talked about extensively, um, you know, they talk against Paul because he's not that good of a speaker compared to these new super apostles who are coming, who might be more elo- eloquent than Paul, but he says, that um, he lowered himself uh, to, uh, you know, elevate um, them, and uh, you know he, you know, by making himself less, uh, and by not boasting, and by not uh, having that kind of a rhetorical um, appeal that these super apostles may have um, of of boasting in themselves, you know, he elevated them and and um, you know help them become closer uh, to God. Um, he, you know, he gets into um, this idea of um, preaching to them free of charge. Um, and, you know, he's talking about his um, integrity that we've talked about before. And especially when it comes to money that, you know, he received support from other churches um, and that he wasn't a burden uh, to them or to anyone. Right. And so he starts getting into these things and, I, and I'll let you, Mike, uh, make any points you have about, about these, but um, he's, he's beginning here to, um, you know, go one by one through a lot of the um, things that these super apostles and and, uh, and now the because of the doubts uh, caused in um, the hearts and minds of of the church in Corinth, uh, a lot of these that they had about Paul, and he's going to go one by one and, and say how um, how these things actually Paul was doing out of love for them and, and how they were beneficial to him and to them and how, you know, he did not uh, cause them any harm. Uh, we've seen him also, so he, you know, he didn't want to cause them any harm in, in, in causing them to sin. Right. Uh, so, he, you know, we, we've seen him make these defenses and, and he's going to do so again here. Yeah. So I only have a few comments 
for like verses 7 through 15, we'll just jump right into starting with verse 16, which is apparently where I just skipped ahead to begin with. But looking at like verses 7 through 10, so actually 11 is super important just to summarize those first four verses in that section because it his love for the people is the motive that's driving all this other stuff. So getting back to Mike's history lesson as we did last week, in that culture, honor, shame culture, but patronage was a big theme in that culture. And there's actually a great book on, I forget what it's called, but it's on biblical interpretation in those in those cultures, misreading scripture with individualist eyes or something along those lines. But uh, in this culture, like you give somebody a gift, like it's not like the transaction is closed off at that point like you would be expected to reciprocate or there would be some sort of social uh, bonding there and so paul doesn't want that to be the burden there and then as we get into these later verses we see that these false apostles deceitful workmen are like false apostles they're they're false teachers they are not teaching the actual gospel and just as satan uh remember we already had eve uh, mentioned at the beginning when uh, Andre goes back to Genesis 3. But now we see in verse 14, Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. That's, that's how Satan operates, that it's like he's a disguise for good. Um, and so that should kind of clue us in. Like if in 2 Corinthians 4, he's the God of this world, 4 verse 4. And then now he's the an angel of light who disguises himself and leads people astray. Like thinking of like C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters, but like... Satan's at work and can lead people astray really easily. So we shouldn't be surprised when that kind of thing like happening in Corinth is happening in the church today. Like in Acts 20, Paul warns Ephesus that there will be wolves among the flock there teaching things that will lead people astray. And so that's all I got there. And so now we can kind of look at this, this foolishness, this boasting that Paul's going to engage in uh, kind of in the same way so he can respond to what the super apostles or the false apostles are saying. That's really good. Let's let's jump in. That uh, my last point was just that Paul doesn't need to write more much more about you know what his thoughts are on these super apostles, where he says yeah. that <laughs> their end, their, um, that their end will you know will be uh what, you know what their actions deserve. We see it at the end of verse fifteen. Before we get into verse sixteen, um and and you know we just saw how you know Paul sees them as being um agents of of Satan. So um, now. We get into into verse 16, uh, what Michael has been looking forward to and wanting to skip to, um, you know, really bad this really this whole episode. So I'll let you uh, start oh, us gosh. off to so you, so you uh, you know you can get the, the <laughs> so you can uh, um, maybe a, a boast you could say in, in, a, in a in a few points here about uh, the uh, anti prosperity gospel. But. <laughs> That's great. I love that term. So uh, again. I made a reference to verse 16 unbeknownst to me, but Andre says I'm trying to skip ahead. So here, but now there is no skipping. We're just here. So verse 16, he says, let no one think me foolish. But if I like, if you do think that, like, accept me as one right now, he doesn't want to be a fool long term or he doesn't want to act in a ways that are contrary to the Lord's will and desire for him. But he wants to boast a little. Um, and he says that it's not even as the Lord would have him do or commend him to do, but it's as it's like in this worldly fashion. And so in verses 18 through 21, he kind of introduces this idea like, and uh, and do you, uh, uh, just, just kind of a thought, but do you think that uh, Paul is, is kind of doing that because, you know, he's kind of saying, uh, you know, 
because they like listening to fools so much, maybe this might be the only way how uh, he can he can get them to understand what his what his points are. Um, I don't know. That that's kind of a little bit how I took it. Uh, I don't know if you if you kind of agree with that. Oh yeah, I totally agree. And I think there's parts of chapter ten in particular, but also eleven, where he's not even actually boasting. He's just labeling it that because that's how his opponents or that's how the super apostles would see it. Like you think about uh, it earlier in the chapter, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, maybe it's in last week's. But he talks He talks about um, in 10 or 11 earlier, he talks about how uh, they think he is uh, boasting and not being humble and these these sorts of things. And so I think that even, like, even along with what you said, which I thought was great, uh, brother, I think that he's also like using their language uh, in a way that like, this is what you think I'm doing, but I'm not actually boasting. I'm speaking of my knowledge of the Lord and what Christ is doing through me. And I mean, we see all over the Bible, people talking about what God has done through them. So I don't think this is any, any different. And so uh, he begins to just ask these questions like, are the super apostles Hebrews? Verse 22. So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. And so we're getting all these references to his past or to his heritage because we know that those super apostles are proud of their Jewish heritage. But we know as Jesus says in John chapter 8, like being saved isn't tied to your your heritage, being part of the line of Abraham. It's your faith in Jesus and how the truth will set them free. He says even as uh, Abraham, uh, when Abraham saw me, like like he was before Abraham. Before Abraham was, I, I am. And so... Uh, we see that about the Jewish heritage, and then he begins to talk, and this is really funny, and I'll pass it back off to you, but verse 23, I am a better one. I am talking like a madman. So how's Paul a madman? And, you know, and, and I really like this and, and was kind of uh, setting up for, for this point here with my first question to you, because I think that for for Paul specifically, who who he himself characterizes someone who is potentially timid, who is not the greatest of speakers, right? And he's saying that, you know, despite these things, his words are being inspired by God. And, and that's, um, and his call to be an apostle by Christ is, you know, is the reason why um, they should listen to him, right? And not because of how eloquent he is or how um, um, great his speech is, but he's saying here that, you know, we, we saw him say that, as Michael, as, as you said, that, you know, maybe this is not talking as the Lord would, um, and I think what he's saying is that this is not, you know, the way that the Lord typically has spoken through him. And uh, the words that we're reading, we know that that they are um, inspired by the Lord, right? And and so he's, you know, I think Paul has this kind of level of confusion that he's saying that, you know, he's going to do whatever it takes to get through to them, right? And if it's not how he normally speaks in this timid way, then he's gonna he's gonna take up a different uh, a different approach. He's gonna um, boast if that's what it, if that's what um, is is resonating with with this with these people that we know he deeply cares about and, and deeply cares for them too, um, as he said in this chapter, um, be pure, uh, one presented to Christ um, as Christ's pride. And he he says here that in in parentheses in, in verse twenty three, as Michael just said it, and it's funny, but I am out of my mind to talk like this. Like he doesn't even know where these words are coming from at this point. Right? <laughs> so he. He has gone and, and, and preached and taught and um, discipled, you know, as, as we've seen in, in, in um, chapter 10, um, even beyond here in Corinth, he's gone, you know, all over to go and, uh, you know, spread the gospel and, and tell others about, about Christ. And 
I'm sure that he is comfortable with the way how he speaks. He's, he's comfortable in his timidness. He's t- comfortable in his meekness. Um, and now he's speaking in this new way and he feels like a madman because, you know, he's never, you know, he's never spoken like this. He's never written like this. Um, and I think that that just like shows so much, um, you know, really how, um, you know, God will go, will really like just like take the words um, and, you know, speak through us, you know, even when, um, you know, potentially a new method needs to be taken, uh, just like Paul needs to take a new method here. Um, he needs to take a new approach and, and, you know, he doesn't even know how this is happening. He, he feels like a madman. Yeah, not to, I love that, not to belabor your point, but like, it's interesting how in like verses 22 and 23, he talks about, I mean, especially 22, he talks about basically what they're proud of, the super apostles, the Jewish heritage. But you know how Paul thinks about that. I mean, I didn't even think about or plan on getting to this, but in Philippians 3, he talks about how like, if anyone has confidence in the flesh or has reason to be so, like, that's me. He goes, he says in verse 5, I was circumcised on the eighth day, Philippians 3, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as law, a Pharisee, and he keeps going. But then he says in verse 7, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so he thinks that all these other things, he counts that all loss so that he might know Jesus and make Jesus known. And that's what he, that's what all the suffering from verses 24 to uh to like the end of the chapter, pretty much all of the suffering is for the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus and Jesus is evident. Um, and just to throw in a nice lighter comment right in the middle of our episode, um, my girlfriend, hopefully fiance, when this releases texted me and said, a little nervous, man, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, you already had that weird dream about grant who knows what's coming next in your, uh, potentially prophetic dreams. So, uh, Abby texts me, how was recording? And I said, well, we're recording a second one right now. I'll talk to you later. We're in the middle of it. But do you have a comment for listeners? And she said, I just had some ice cream. Just know that Jesus is evident. Look how good ice cream is. And so Paul knows that this is true. He might not know ice cream, but he knows Jesus is evident. And he's wor- worth fighting. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he, he knows it's worth fighting for. And you know... What's really sad about it all is that she probably won't even listen to this episode. Yeah, she and, probably you know, won't. You know, if you want a shout out in the next episode, go to uh, our Instagram page. And Michael just posted a... Uh, actually, no, that doesn't make any sense because that would have happened a long time ago. <laughs> if you just send us a message, like a, a DM or whatever, we will give you a shout out on the episode. You might be thinking, wow, you know... Michael's girlfriend, she gets a shout out, but you know, she's not even gonna listen to the episode. Maybe you listen to the episode every week and you want a shout out. We'll give you a shout out, okay? So yeah, that'll that'll show. Um, it'll be even better than ice cream. So that's what I'll say. That's so funny. That's so funny. And uh yeah, so getting back to the chapter, and yeah, we will give you a shout a shout out, but getting back to the chapter, he talks about like all these things, and I'm reading them and like spent a lot of time in Acts before, like I love Paul's story. And like, I think even one commentator said something along the lines of we're getting a picture in these verses that Paul's like love for Jesus and the spread of the gospel is even more amazing and excellent than we get a picture of in the book of Acts because there's so many things he mentions, like how many times he shipwrecked or whatever else that like, we don't even get to see in the book of Acts. And so just to summarize some of these things, you can dive into whatever you want, uh, man. But I mean, he talks about how he has been, uh, 
basically uh, whipped or uh, lashed 39 times, like five different times. They thought if you did 40, you could potentially die. It's kind of a his- historical thing. Uh, beaten with rods, stoned, shipwrecked three times. He's always in these different dangers, trying to spread uh, the gospel. Talks about sleepless nights. I mean, you think of Acts 20, he's preaching uh, past midnight. Uh, or late into the night. Um, He has this anxiety for all the churches. And then he talks about being lowered in a basket uh, at the end of the chapter. So that's kind of a summary of all these different things that God is doing through him uh, for the spread of the gospel. And I think one of the key applications for this is not just like some abstract sense of like, oh, this is great devotion, but like, would I be willing to endure this for the gospel? And where can I suffer and be weaker for the spread of the gospel? Like, am I avoiding opportunities to spread the gospel because I might suffer either verbally or physically? And that's kind of a, a little litmus test, I think, as well. That's really good. And, and I think that, you know, it kind of sums it all up in, in verse 30 where Paul says, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. And um, yes, like all these things, these examples of, of, of suffering, they, they show his weakness, but, it, you know, also, um, you know, he's, he's saying that, you know, he was willing and is willing to um, really, uh, you know, do just about anything to, to make sure that the gospel goes um, around the, you know, the entire world and, and, and how important, uh, you know, his missionary, um, you know, he views him as obligations, you know, he has an obligation to, to do this. And, and he sees this as, as, you know, the most important thing to make disciples and that he's these things that, that show that, you know, that he is just human, that, you know, he can be, um, one lash away from, from death, right. That he, this is the thing that he's going to boast. And if he's going to boast in anything is it's that, um, that the gospel is so powerful to him that, you know, he thinks it's worth it to, to do, you know, just about anything come a lash from death, uh, to, to make sure that, that he can, that he makes uh, disciples and, and brings people to, uh, to Christ. And yeah, it's just another reminder, like sometimes like what people are willing to do with the gospel doesn't make sense. Like having a conversation with an unbeliever recently who didn't get why like people would go share the gospel and potentially die. And like, they don't, I mean, going back earlier in the chapter, like they don't even understand why he would preach for free. Like they would have thought in that culture, like if somebody was worth hearing and worth knowing, like then he would be worth like a price tag to like come here, you then preach or to teach or to uh, share like uh, philosophy that they believed in. And so a lot of this doesn't make sense. Like why would, if Jesus is truly resurrected and ascended to heaven and is king over all things, why would the people that serve him be suffering for it? Well, they're a mirror image of Jesus. We're a mirror image of Jesus. So again, it's just to drive home the point, like they, it, it would be hard for a church that's so meddled in with the culture around them, like they are in, Cor- in Corinth, that like they can actually see the reality of like why it's worth suffering and why it's worth going to these great lengths to reconcile uh, people to each other and reconcile people to the Lord. For sure, man, that's really good. And And the last point is just that, you know, Paul says that um, it's the Lord uh, Himself who who knows that He's not lying, right? So Paul has has made his peace, and and he's saying that you know it's going to be the, it, the Lord is the one who who knows um, His heart truly. Um, but I think that this was a, a really good episode about about uh, um, the the boasting that 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 Paul uh, may even do is is going to be in his suffering and be in. Um, how little he is compared to how great um, Christ is, um, as as we've been talking about. Um, and the last thing I want to say was that 
similar to Paul, who doesn't make any money uh, from preaching, uh, we also do not make any money from our <laughs> preaching. So Michael's point that he was retiring uh, because of his uh, the money he's made from this podcast uh, is not uh, true, and he's actually not uh, retiring. Uh, it was just a joke, so don't be worried. Mr. <laughs> lesson will still be on the podcast. Uh, so wait, one more thing, one more thing. Not only Mike's history lessons, but Mike's love for the old Testament. So real quick before Andre wraps this up, I had one more thing. It's interesting how, uh, at the end of the chapter, Paul says he's lowered down in this basket through the window. And it's interesting thinking about the old Testament, the Israelite spies. So we're going back all the way to the beginning of the book of Joshua. I think chapter two, they're, they're lowered down by a rope through a window in the law. If you're familiar with Rahab's story, they were hidden by Rahab uh, near or at the wall and in the wall. And then we have in first Samuel, Andre just read first Samuel. So he should be connected with this one, but David escapes. So Saul's chasing after David in the second half of first Samuel. And David is on this escape and uh, he is let down out of a window. And so both of those two cases, so both in the book of Joshua and for Samuel, those two people or those two groups of people end up having like victories afterwards. And Paul knows that in the end, the victory is coming. And so we might be talking for free, but the victory is coming. And like I said, Mike's history lessons are not leaving the, the podcast. And he gave you one uh, right there, uh, you know. <laughs> for free. Uh, Don't forget, for, for free. Yeah, for free. I uh, cut off my 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 outro here. So getting back to that, uh, hope to see you guys back next week and enjoy any coming uh, interviews and uh, send questions for Q&A. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>